skin cancers are the most prevalent form of cancer in the world. One out of five Americans will get skin cancer at some point, as will two out of three Australians. Not surprisingly, when primary care doctors see anything skin-related that they don't like, they're quick to refer to dermatology specialists. Thankfully, a whopping 97% of those referrals turn out not to result in a cancer diagnosis, but they do result in dermatologists getting absolutely swamped by treating patients who don't really need them and making it harder to get to those patients who urgently do. What if there was a way to streamline the diagnostic process so that only patients who really needed a referral were sent on to visit the dermatologist? Hello and welcome to DataPoint, the podcast about all the ways that data and analytics are driving innovation in healthcare today. I'm your host, Greg Matthews, and our guest today is Mariam Sadegi, the CEO and co-founder of MetaOptima Technologies, an intelligent dermatology company creating the products and platform to enable broad streamlining of the diagnosis and treatment process in dermatology. MetaOptima seamlessly links primary care and dermatology specialists, cutting wasted time and money out of the system, and most importantly, make sure that the patients who urgently need to see a dermatologist have a better chance of doing so more quickly. Miriam, thanks so much for being with us on DataPoint today. Thanks for having me, Greg. It is a real pleasure to have you here. I've been really intrigued about the work that you're doing with MetaOptima. But before we dive into that, I always like to give our listeners a little bit of background in terms of who you are and how you got here. Can you give us a little bit of, uh, of context about your background that uh, enabled you to form this incredible company? Um, absolutely, yes. I actually have PhD in computing science and medical imaging, and also I had the dual scholarship in dermatology training for my PhD. And my background, basically, undergrad was in hardware engineering, computer hardware engineering. So um, having these three together um, helped me to basically come up with a solution when I saw a major problem in the industry, in the dermatology segment. And this happened when I was working in my PhD research on um, imaging and diagnostics in dermatology. So what were some of the things that you saw as you're, you know, you're taking this background that is very computational in nature, you're looking at uh, imaging and dermatology. What were some of the things that you saw that surprised you and that sort of led you in this direction? Um, when I actually started my PhD in computing science, it was a medical image analysis lab at SFU in Vancouver. And I received this scholarship for training in dermatology at UBC Skin Care Center, uh, which is one of the top centers globally in dermatology. I was mm. shocked how archaic was the industry. I was coming from the PACS background in MRI, in radiology, um, CT scan. I was working with PET scan before. And then when I entered dermatology, it was super archaic. It was under-digitized. Um, we didn't have simple imaging and documentation tools, and we didn't have even simple digitization tools. Our um, centers were all paper-based back then. It was 2008, um, 2009 mm. they started. And um, I was sure that there will be a solution one day that will address this major problem and that will basically um, be a digital solution. <laughs> um, so the other fact that actually I witnessed really was that skin problems are very common. Over 2 billion people globally suffering from dermatological and skin problems. 
Wow. And um, skin cancer is the most common cancer, over 150 million patients worldwide. And when you look at the statistics, two and three Australians, one in five Americans, one in six Canadians develop skin cancer. And then you look at the system, how we are managing this, how we are diagnosing it, and the wait times. It just doesn't make sense. And I was like, this is going to be solved one day, and it will be a solution that will connect our patients and our doctors, there will be a solution that will digitize um, the data and will give us insight from the historical data about the future, basically, uh, predictions mm. and diagnostics. And also, um, the other main factor was just understanding the ecosystem. Our patients are uh, basically, in the front line, they discover this pain or they find the spot, they go to their family physician and the family physician or the GP is now deciding what is this. And in most cases they say, oh, I don't like it, let's refer you to the dermatologist. But then mm -hmm. we end up with this vague time of eight to 12 months in Vancouver. And I know um, working with a couple of the systems, integrated healthcare systems in the US, the wait time is like three to six months, even for cancer patients. Wow. And I was like, if it's cancer, it's not waiting, it is growing. So we need to provide access for better care. Can we back up for one second? Because I'm really intrigued by this. When you talked about the fact that when you started sort of in 2008, 2009, most processes in dermatology were paper-based. You know, forget about digitization for the moment. Was there any image capture going on as a part of normal practice uh, in terms of treating a, a patient over the long term? Um, yes, we actually had... Um, um, couple of devices like major machines that you have probably seen in dermatology offices, but those are expensive machines, $75,000 to $300,000, $400,000 machines. And wow. they are basically just taking these images that now today you can take with your smartphone. Um, and um, the fact that these were very expensive and limited to those top centers, um, it means that our physicians in the front line don't have access to these machines. And this was basically uh, uh, a unit that you pay $75,000 and you pay ten dollars or $15,000 a year for maintenance. And of course, only major hospitals and major cancer centers may afford one. Um, nice. But it was all about building a solution that is scalable and affordable so we can serve uh, millions of patients and hundreds of thousands of doctors, not just few centers in each country. Fascinating. Okay, so you've described this problem where the family doctor is typically the first stop. Talk about that, that family doctor and how that process played out uh, in terms of integrating them into this process rather than just being a referral center. Um, the um, main basically uh, point was about our care management and care coordination, right? Mm. What happens today, if I'm a patient, if, I'm, um, if I notice, uh, basically notice a change in a mold that I'm concerned with, I will go to my GP or family doctor in most countries, in public health systems, almost everywhere. Um, so in the front line, we have our GPs and family doctors. Mm -hmm. They have very limited training, very limited, maybe just a couple of weeks in the medical school. And they are good at diagnosis if they have seen many cases. We know this is basically, um, dermatology training is very visual and it's learned by example in most cases. Sure. Um, but in the front line, they don't have access to the devices they need. They don't have access to training necessarily. So we end up with this problem of so many unnecessary referrals. And I can tell you 97% false positives to find one melanoma in primary care. 
Wow. Which means from 100, basically, cases, 97% is uh, benign. But we refer them to the specialist or we biopsy them or we, serve, we have surgery, which is really, um, you can see a lot of waste in the system. And I remember we were looking at the numbers for primary care. Uh, if you have 10,000 referrals, from your primary care network. And this is like, for example, for a province or for an integrated healthcare system mm -hmm. in the US, these are the numbers actually we have seen. If you have 10,000 referrals a month and you have a couple of thousand basically GPs now in the network, they are sending these cases to dermatologists and probably you have very limited um, resources in a specialist group, maybe at most hundreds all resources that you have in the network and these mm -hmm. these are actually good numbers we have less than that in the cases that we have seen now you have over maybe just uh, 100 melanomas in those 10,000 cases today you have to book 10,000 appointments to find those 100 melanomas Wow and most of these cases are easy to say um, it's nothing and if the derm or if the ex expert oncodermatologist had access to the system they could just basically at the beginning support the primary care doctor and say you don't need to refer this or you can manage this or it's a simple biopsy send us the complicated cases because these are expensive resources right so the idea was how we can uh, basically have this intelligent system that will enable the human expert on the specialist side to say show me the important ones for melanoma and then the system yeah. is like the ai system is their assistant can show them the important ones and they can book those appointments immediately based on the risk for the patient it is still the human expert who is deciding right what right. to do but in this case that expert who could be your best dermato-oncologist or dermatologist in the state is serving 10,000 patients a month, not just 20 patients a day. So this right. was the whole picture and I was, I could see it clearly this is gonna happen soon. <laughs> yeah. And then that was, when you look at, okay, what do you need to make it happen? You need better tools for our primary care doctors, you need a better mm -hmm. digitization communication system, and you need to have this efficient e-triage for the experts to say, we should see these 100 patients tomorrow and these are the second level of risk we can see them next week and then this is actually and then you will have that 97 percent basically false positives significantly reduced yeah because your best doctor serving the whole network and it's so um so obvious for me like the logic is simple right right um and, and so this isn't about, about keeping, this isn't about cutting the dermatologist out of the process. This is making sure that the dermatologist is spending time, their valuable time on the cases that really need their attention and eliminating exactly. sort of the unnecessary overwork yeah. that they're experiencing. Yes, exactly. And also if you ask like um, a dermatologist what you see every day, um, for the cancer referrals, I'm sure they will say they see a lot of benign cases because the referring doctor does not have training, right, to say what should be seen by the derm. And they actually, their expertise, they're absolutely basically expensive in the system in terms mm -hmm. of their bandwidth, their time to serve these urgent cases. So yeah, that is the, uh, I'm sure this is going to change. And this is not about just Derm Engine or MedOptim or what we are doing. I have already seen the trend in even telemedicine that says, yes, we have now connection for our doctors and patients, but now we have to see 10,000 patients because connection is accessible now, right? Right. And do we afford to see 10,000 patients with the same level of basically 
priority, absolutely no. We need to say who should be seen first, and then that's actually how we design it. And the other important factor here, and also why we designed the system um, to be the infrastructure, not just the diagnostic app, was really to look at the um, care coordination system and also mm -hmm. understand the level of risk when you're implementing technology. Um, so if you are using AI or any technology, healthcare is not finance, it's not housing, you cannot basically have errors in predictions. Um, that's why we looked at the no-risk implementation of AI, which was make sure AI is the assistant for the human expert. We even don't give mm -hmm. the AI to GPs at this point. One day, if it's really comprehensive, if it's really effective, if it's validated in clinical trials and basically real implementation, sure, we will go there. And I think that's the future. Um, but today, AI can be the assistant for our human experts to be much mm. more efficient in serving the community. Excellent. And that's actually a really good spot for us to take a quick break. Stick around. We're going to be right back with Mariam Sadegi on DataPoint. And we are back on DataPoint. I'm your host, Greg Matthews. We are here with Mariam Sadegi of MetaOptima. Mariam, when we went into the break, we had identified this massive problem of being able to treat the most urgent skin conditions, largely due to the fact that there is such a backlog of non-urgent skin conditions that are flooding the process. I'd love to dive in now to talk about MetaOptima, the company that you co-founded uh, and are running today. Tell us about what MetaOptima is, what it consists of, what does that solution look like? Um, MetaOptima is uh, in the business of saving lives. This is actually what we are very proud of and this is part of our team culture and core values here at the company. Um, when uh, I started the company with Majid, uh, our, uh, my co-founder, our CTO, and my husband and my best friend, um, we had addressed um, this big need in the market. We knew that there is going to be a solution that will help with addressing this major need. And it's going to be a digital solution that will have intelligence to help our doctors. And helping our doctors is not just telling them what is this case and diagnosis. The major problem we identified, as we discussed in the um, um, last few minutes, was actually access, mm -hmm. was how they see these patients, how they um, coordinate care, how they're connected, and also what is the true outcome that the system should learn from. So we built the products that we have. Their engine is our software cloud-based um, solution. Um, that is infrastructure really connecting the stakeholders in the patient journey. And these are basically starting from the patients all the way to primary care, to dermatology, to dermatopathology, dermatosurgery, and dermato-oncology. And the main reason that we decided to cover the ecosystem and not just focus on the dermatology was that um, working with dermatologists and these cancer centers, I learned that they don't necessarily need the tool as much mm. as our primary care doctors need the tool. So that was designed with that ecosystem in mind. And why we expanded all the way to the treatment units and oncodermatology was that if you are claiming that you will have a system that will be intelligent, that system should learn from real outcome data. 
Uh, not just from the labels that our doctors actually putting in the system. So mm -hmm. if they design our AI system to be as good as our dermatologists, we know they're not 100% accurate. So they are maybe 66% accurate, the numbers that we have seen actually in the literature. But actually, if we want to have the algorithms that one day will help us diagnose, they should learn from the actual outcome, which is what happened to the treatment centers what happened to the patient. And also they're part of the patient journey, so to complete that ex basic experience and journey. So that was the software side, and it is designed to work with all machines in the market. Um, it is designed to work with the EMR systems. We are integrating with major EMRs. We sit on top of those systems, and we didn't want to invent the wheel. It was right. also the same for telemedicine solutions, and it completes the other products in the market. That's why we are not uh, basically competing with any partner or any um, anyone who is really contributing to solving this problem, but we are actually their partner as well. And on the other side, we also looked at the challenges our doctors will have when it comes to offering better care. And one of those actually was affordability of the current devices in the market. So we decided to build and design and manufacture our own um, devices as well. So we have a small, a smart um, mini dermoscopes. Those are the little magnifiers that actually the uh, small uh, microscopes that are used in dermatology. We have affordable, um, so basically devices now that you can attach to your tablet or um, iPhones or Samsung models, for example, for imaging, uh, which basically provides that data acquisition component of the solution. So you need to have tools for documentation for imaging. You need to have um, tools for communication, and also at the end, you need to have the uh, intelligent system that can help you with those decisions. And these decisions are in workflow management, um, they are in uh, clinical decision support, and also like in the educational concept, uh, AI can contribute a lot. So let's walk through this for a moment, because I know that the, the Moleskoe product is available to consumers. Is that product also available for clinicians? Like, is that what a primary care physician would use in terms of capturing uh, an image? Um, yes, we have uh, different models of our Moleskoe devices, and also there's a new model coming soon. So these devices are designed for dermoscopy, and um, as I mentioned, they are attachable to smartphones and tablets and um, um, digital devices. We have a model for patients, we have a model for primary care doctors, and also we are now um, making new actually devices as well, which is going to be very helpful with the automation of data acquisition for dermatologists, and that is our small um, intelligent mini drone called Derm Drone. <laughs> so yeah, we have this line of uh, hardware devices to help with that data acquisition. Fascinating. Okay, let's, uh, if we could, I would love to walk through sort of the patient experience here. And let's say that this is a patient who is going to see their GP and either they or their GP notices something that doesn't look quite right. They have the, the physician's version of Moleskope. What, ha what happens then? If I'm a patient, I walk to my GP office. Um, I have this growing spot that I'm concerned with. Um, the GP can use um, their dermoscopes or the moleskope if they have one. Um, and we have the tools on Derm Engine that helps with documentation of this problem. 
And if it's um, if they're concerned, if they know that this should be biopsied, perfect, they can do that. If they are um, not sure if this, this should be seen by a dermatologist or not, we have used our AI algorithms in um, this intelligent, personalized educational capacity for GPs. The tool that they have, they can search for similar cases. Uh, Our AI engine is matching these cases with the um, images. Uh, we have over three point something millions of images in the system that mm -hmm. actually they can match these cases. And it's basically simple pattern matching. And it's not saying that your case is melanoma. It is just showing you similar cases from the database that you can click. You can see the similarity. You can make better informed decisions. If you know what to do in that case, basically you can take action and treat the case or biopsy or excise it, or if you need to refer to the dermatologist, in the system is one click referral, and on the dermatologist side, they have access to our AI engine, which is used for intelligent e-triage. And in that case, since technology will be scalable and affordable, and now we will have so many GPs, thousands of GPs, who will be sending these cases to the cancer center, we designed this solution to sit on the specialist side and help them with basically finding important ones with higher risk of melanoma, I important see. ones for non-melanoma skin cancers. And low-risk cases, there's also other group that says other, and that group consists of all edge cases, rare cases, the bias you may have in the system, and the ones that the system is not confident with. So this way, you are supporting the primary care doctor with making better informed decisions and education, basically educational component of the system. You have the connection that they are supported by the specialist, and the specialist has access to the system that can prioritize these cases. If I'm a melanoma patient, and if this specialist had 10,000 referrals, and they probably have over like um, maybe a little bit over 100 melanomas in 10,000 cases, now they can find those 100 melanomas or the high risk ones. And by looking at 120, they can find 100 and they mm. can book appointments for me right away. I'm not going to wait in the line with 10,000 patients because right. the cancer won't be waiting, right, uh, to see that doctor. So this is how the ecosystem is working today. It's basically and empowering the touch points for patients. Which is fascinating. And I, I guess I'm really curious too about the case where let's say that the patient buys their own Moleskope um, and they use it, they've acquired an image now, what do they do with that image? You mentioned uh, the fact that they're able to connect with teledermatology resources. Would that be a potential next step for a patient who uh, is sort of doing their own imaging? Um, yes, this is actually already happening. There are centers who offer the devices to their high-risk patients. Yeah. Um, they offer these devices to the patients that they already know. They are in contact with these patients, and melanoma patients and skin cancer patients are uh, monitored. And we have a sequential imaging, for example, in most cases for high-risk patients, and they need to be seen every three months, every six months, or every year, depending on the risk level. In those cases, patients have already access to this and they are connected to the cancer center. And this is part of their care coordination, care management. But if a random patient, for example, has access to Moleskobe and they can purchase online, um, they can see if there's a doctor offering that service in their region. 
<laughs> and if there is one, they can send the case to that doctor. So we have this in um, some basically areas, uh, but we don't offer the service directly. We offer the solution to our doctors who are comfortable with offering that service, or they they know this is this is the right solution for their pi patient population. Um, so it is available today. That is fascinating. Okay, so now. As we think about, and I know we're, we're actually getting close to our, our time here, it's incredible how fast it goes, but I'm really curious about where, how you see the growth of the platform happening. What's, what has the adoption level been like in the different kinds of institutions that you've offered it to, the cancer centers versus the general practitioners? You know, how, how broad has the adoption been and, and where do you see it going? Um, our adoption really came from these major cancer centers and centers of excellence, academic centers, and the solution was presented in global um, international conferences, and um, they were really the champions uh, to bring the solution to the community. Mm -hmm. So I found it really interesting when we were solving the problem for these cancer centers, they were serving the community. They asked their doctor to send the cases to them now, for example, through their engine, and then that helped with the adoption in the primary care segment and the general physicians who are using the system today. Um, we are serving close to 800,000 patients, skin cancer patients today. Um, and this, you know, adoption of technology in healthcare is uh, slow and it's really difficult to get that adoption. But when you build a system to be secure and to be compliant and to be effective, uh, that is basically uh, there you can see that this is scalable now. Um, mm. The main over 80% of our users are from primary care. And also, we have more primary care doctors compared to a specialist. So this is, um, I believe, a normal distribution uh, mm. for our system as well. It is usually uh, adopted by the cancer center, the melanoma unit, the oncology unit. They are using it inside the center with their internal network, the communication that they have with the surgeon, with their pathologist, their oncologist. And then the community starts adopting this because now they have the solution that is affordable and it's very efficient. Um, so that has been so far the pattern of basically our growth in the markets as we are successful. Recently, we have seen a lot of interest from the U.S. market. And I think the, the main reason is that um, AI is really impactful if you have volume quality. Um, needs basically. If you are sure. only seeing 20 patients a day, yes, AI is good if it can add diagnostic value. 20 patients a day is important too. But then you look at the systems that they are uh, managing 5 million patients, they are managing 12 million patients, and for them, this um, workflow and just resource management and reducing the cost and the waste in the system. Mm -hmm. It's a huge deal. And of course, the diagnostic value will follow that. But really, um, their main concern is we are wasting $85 million just this year for care management for our skin cancer cases. And what is wow. that? It's just unnecessary referrals, unnecessary surgeries, and like high rate of false positives. We all know that. And then how they can cut this, it's simple. The solution that is affordable basically can help them with that. Um, so we uh, we will continue with this strategy that we are serving the major centers of excellence. We are serving the community, actually several segments in the community. And, and this it, is the best way, yes, to make it affordable and accessible. 
And if I am a physician or I am a hospital administrator and I'm interested in working with MetaOptima and adopting the solutions that you've developed, what's my process? What do I do? Uh, it's usually um, they contact us, we connect. Um, these are mainly um, the uh, chief dermatologists or skin cancer specialists or oncologists mm. or surgeons from these uh, basically hospital units. Um, they are our champions. They basically go to their CFOs and CIOs and CEOs and say, okay, we should look at this solution because it's going to enable us to serve 1,000 patients a day, not 20 patients a day. And mm-hmm. the process is usually, um, we have now EMR integrations, uh, which makes the process much, much faster. So we look at their EMR, if it's one of the major ones, Epic, Cerner, or the ones that we have over 11 uh, EMR integrations today. Um, it's one of those, it's easy. Um, and then we go um, for a demo, um, they like it. And if they say, let's have a small pilot, they do it um, for a few patients and they see yes, it's working, we look at their workflow, uh, we customize the solution that actually will fit their, because they may have different workflows, mm-hmm. and then we uh, go through the due diligence for security, privacy, all of their healthcare IT, basically team. Uh, we have done this with several hospitals and institutions, so we are ready, and we have the APIs as well to connect with their current solutions, and then they can start um, rollout, and in that rollout, we support them, we take care of training, onboarding, and uh, implementation basically for them as well. And many of these major hospitals have told us actually we are better than their own IT team. (laughs) Uh, Very responsive and serving from Vancouver our um, patients globally. But now we have our office in Sydney and also we have our office in Boston and we are looking at opening our West Coast office um, here. In, in Seattle or in uh, in San Francisco, I have not decided that one yet. But that's actually the process. It's usually um, much much more faster um, when we have the infrastructure in that market, which is starting really with the EMR integration. Yep, that makes sense. But this has been a really it's a wonderful conversation, Miriam, and I, I'm so grateful. Uh, for you spending the time with us. I'm going to make all of the uh, sort of the links and references that we've talked about today available on the show notes. So if you're driving while you listen to this, don't worry about trying to write it down. (laughs) I'm going to have all the contact information for you uh, on the show notes page. Um, And Miriam, thank you again. I wish you all the best of luck with Meta Optima and Thanks so much for bringing such a, a needed solution to the marketplace. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Data Point podcast. If you like what you've heard, please do rate, review, and share it with your social network. It means a lot. And if you have ideas for show topics or guests, please email them to me at greg at healthquant.health or send a direct message to at Chai Moose on Twitter. That's C-H-I-M-O-O-S-E on Twitter. For more information about this show or any of the terrific healthcare podcasts in the Touchpoint Media Network, check them out at touchpoint.health. See you next time.